All right, guys, big time episode. Mike Zimmer's out. Rick Spielman's out. Big changes coming for the Vikings. We talk NFL playoffs and our hopeful feelings about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go on Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Brian and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. I am doing fantastic, Ali. How are you? I'm doing better than uh, the Vikings' uh, former coach and GM. Yeah. No, you're probably not. Yeah, they're richer than you. So no, no. <laughs> no, they're still doing better than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're um, having a bad day. Yeah, they're having a bad day, but it was a foreseeable day. So. Yeah, it should have been. So we'll dive into that in a few minutes. But before we jump into some heavy purple talk, uh, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. What a deal. Happy New Year. Oh, wait. No, the statute is up on that. You're not supposed to say that after the 7th. We're going to start both episodes like this. Thanks, yeah. Larry David. Shit. All right. Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight uh, for the podcast? I am drinking go- oh. Modest Oat Rich Oatmeal Double Stout. Ooh. How is it? Good. You like it? Doubles. Stout. It's like all, right. all of the stouts that you have right now. It's a good stout. I kind of wish that you were only drinking half of it. Yeah. Dude, I'm having maybe the last play from Fair State in existence. I don't know. R.I.P. They're kind of old, but I was like, dude, this might be the last one I ever drink because Fair State discontinued. So even if it's a little bit old, I'm going to enjoy it. It's just it's just absurd to me. I know. Like, we have this beer that like we can't keep on the shelves because everyone loves it. And we're just, eh, we're, we're done. That's I don't enough. Get it. Um, sticking with the stout theme, I am having the left hand brewing peanut butter milk stout nitro, oh. and it is just okay. Do you guys <laughs> ever uh, buy get a stout like at a brewery, and then you're like, "What was I thinking?" Oh yeah, yeah, e- e- almost every time. <laughs> like you should only have a stout like in your home or like sharing it with a friend. That's fair. Yeah. All right, guys. Here we go. Uh, starting lineup for today is a real short one, but it's going to be an almost epic tie in the NFL. And we always hear that tying is like kissing your sister. Whoever came up with that was a weirdo. But I hate that term. It's so all... defi- Whoever came up with it definitely didn't have a sister. Or did they? Did they just have a <laughs> or secret? They just in the south. secret. Uh, but it's not. I mean, here's here's the thing about that. That okay. So say you're out with your friends at the at a nightclub, okay? And you guys, you like, you wake up the next day. You're like, dude, how was your night? How was your night? How was your night? You're like, man. I tell you what. I was making out with a chick and they're all like, sweet. And then they're, you're like, yeah, it was my sister. They're not going to be like, oh, I guess it's a wash then. They're going to be like, that's a horrible loss. They're going to be like, what, dude? That's, that's like a tie in sports. <laughs> yeah, that's just as bad as a tie in sports. It's a horrible analogy. Really so this tie was one that we all wanted, though, because it would have sent both the Raiders and the Chargers to the playoffs. It was the only way both of them could make it. Now, this game, I joked around. I said, I appreciate the effort that the team has put into the script for this game because how many fourth-down conversions did the Chargers have at the end of that game? They were six out of seven on fourth-down conversions. All the way down the field, they marched down the field at the end of the game, and as time expires, Herbert throws a bullet into double coverage for a touchdown. They kick the extra point. They go to overtime. Beyond that, both teams kicked a field goal to start overtime. 
I was like, this is officially a tie. This is, this is it's written in the stars. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. And then at the very, very last second, that all falls apart. And that hope of a tie is gone. And the Raiders make it to playoffs. Now, this is actually probably better for the Vikings. And I know everybody thinks they are fans of all these other teams. But in reality, there's only two things I cheer for in in football. The Vikings and the Packers to not win the Super Bowl. Those are literally the only two things I'm cheering for. So okay. I do I like the Chargers more than the Raiders? Probably. But what's better for the Vikings? It's the, the Raiders to keep their coach and have mm-hmm. one less coaching open opening. Oh. The Vikings can hopefully oh, so get a better the angle you were going there. That makes sense. So if it's better for the Vikings, it, that's what I want. And I think the Raiders winning was probably better for them that way, if it matters at all. Um, well, I think the Raiders are going to try and hire Jim Harbaugh anyway, so who cares? I think the Raiders are going to have to keep that coach now. But we'll see well, how he does. If he's a one and done. Probably Gruden is, is available. <laughs> we want a culture change. I didn't say it'd be a good change. It'd be a change, a culture change. Um, yeah, so we all wanted that. Uh, but what we didn't want was for our Minnesota Vikings. Topic A of the day. Minnesota Vikings usually the topic of the day. We didn't want the Vikings to win this game. This was such a stupid win. And it feels like the Vikings always do this every fucking year. If you remember a few years ago, in one of my least favorite games ever, the Vikings were one of the worst teams in the league. And they needed to lose the game to get into the top two picks to get either Andrew Luck or RG3. Now, neither of these guys ended up having amazing careers. Uh, both pretty short careers, but, you know, burned bright when at their best. Uh, but the Vikings could have had a chance at one of those two guys. But instead, they beat Washington in, like, the last game of the year. And AP blew out his knee in the same game. Instead mm. of getting either Luck or RG3, we got Matt Was wow. that Leslie Frazier? Uh, probably. It was really awful. It was just terrible. No, it couldn't. That's have been worse. Good. That's a lot worse than this. I mean, I guess we don't really know what the implications of this are going to be. Like, who are we going to draft instead of who we would have gotten? Um, but I enjoyed beating the Bears. I thought it was fun. I think I would be in a worse mood, like a little bit worse today, if we had got if we had lost to the Bears. No, who are an abysmal team. I'd have been like, yeah, but in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, I think Jimbo. I think that the the implications are far-reaching as opposed to like, well, the Bears beat us at home. Like at that point, or at that point in the season yesterday, I couldn't have yeah. cared less about like losing to the monsters of the midway and Andy Dalton and whatever. Like the the season's already done. Like it's already dusted over. Nothing we do matters. Yeah, and like again, Mike Zimmer not of the modern game mind to understand um, situational, you know, like awareness is like, well, I only care about wins and losses. And it's like, well, yes, you won the battle, but you're losing the war consistently. Mm. And it's annoying. He didn't give a fuck about our team at that point. Couldn't have cared less. (laughs) And I don't, I don't blame him. But I feel like as an organization, it was irresponsible to play as many starters as long as they did um, in an absolutely meaningless game, other than the fact that they should have gone, they should have had, Justin Jefferson should have had 50 targets yesterday, and they couldn't even do that right. And if you have a touchdown pass to Osborne uh, in the fourth quarter? Jefferson couldn't have been more open if he Osborne was really open. I'm not saying he wasn't. But yes. Jefferson has never been more open in his entire career. He was literally alone in the end zone. Not since not since eighth grade football has he it been. It would that have open. broken the record and got, tied him with touchdowns with uh, Adams, which would have put him tied in one category behind in catches and way ahead in yards. Maybe making him an All Pro, but 
But like, wouldn't he be, I mean, I don't exactly know. You guys are the football minds here, but doesn't he do a progression, right? So wouldn't JJ be first in the progression before Osborne or not necessarily? I mean, he didn't make a bad play. I'm not telling you he did. He made a great play to a wide open receiver and he hit it for a touchdown. So he obviously made it. And in that, in that route, maybe that was his first read did the right Mm. thing. But it just sucked because everyone wanted Jefferson to break that record, and he could have right there. Everybody um, but Zimmer. I think Zimmer actively didn't want him to. I don't know why. I think so, too. And then at the end of the game, the, the second-to-last drive, first play, we throw a little bubble screen to, to Jefferson. He doesn't catch it. Then we run the ball, and then we ran a draw play on third down instead of just throwing the ball to Jefferson. And the crowd was booing for the second straight drive. And then the last drive, we ran, ran, took a knee, and the crowd was super angry at that point. Mm-hmm. And so people wanted to see the record. This was a hopeless year. And not that anyone cares or could hear me, but I was yelling. We had to sit through this whole bullshit year. You could at least throw the ball to Jefferson. I don't even and think then, he really Jefferson. Then, yeah. Hold on. And then this is the part where it made me, like, not happy that Zimmer is gone because I think we are losing a pretty good football coach. But, like, the part of, like, not getting it, like, not understanding, like, your players in the modern game and like you're still your brain is still in bill parcells mode from like 1980 fucking nine and it's just annoying when somebody i don't know who it was somebody asked him after the game you know did you think about getting justin jefferson you know the receiving record for the vikings and he goes i don't care about records i care about wins and losses and it's like dude you are so you you have no fucking temperature of the room like you're mm-hmm. so fucking clueless as to like a the the mood within US Bank Stadium you're like nope we're taking a knee and that's that's fine but you ran the ball the previous down like you, you can still throw it if you wanted to and i know that's like very unsportsmanlike and whatever but who cares like he has no concept of like the bigger picture mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons i'm happy he's gone because that like petulant yeah, snarky. It's intentional, though, isn't it? Fuck, but that that just that snarky, like f you for asking the question and questioning my judgment. Like, dude, you're seventy years old. We should be questioning your judgment. Can you still drive a car? You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> that stuff starts to happen when you turn older. Like the fact that you did not understand the totality of this in giving the fans something to cheer for, which would be having Justin Jefferson break Randy Moss's receiving record would have been awesome. Like you would have been hailed as like, thank you. What a great send off. You know, he, he gets it. Like, I don't think, is there anybody on the Vikings that has given more to this team and been on the field through everything than, especially for a young guy than Justin Jefferson. I mean, he shows up to work every day, yeah. all the time. And he's won Zimmer multiple games by himself. Anyway. So I've, I've talked way too long, but I was very, very pissed off by his stupid little, like, I don't care about records. You'll have to ask him. Bullshit. It's like, then why does your fucking record kind of suck? If that's all you care about is wins and losses, let's see some wins. So Zimmer is gone. Spielman also gone in what I thought was a little bit of a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. The word around town was that they were going to keep him on in a elevated role, was the rumor for the last few weeks, that they were going to keep him on as not the general manager, but as like a, some kind of upper management advising position um i'm not sure if he turned that role down or what happened but he is out as well um so the vikings are going to have to hire a gm before they can hire uh their next head coach what i thought was interesting today because i spent today 
feeling um, sentimental and trying to remember the good times we had with Rick and Mike. Two people I think did a great job here. Um, it sucks because as a GM and a coach, it's pretty hard to have a happy ending. Um, so few people get that. It usually ends ugly for everybody. And mm-hmm. so I did think it was the right time to move on from these guys. But um, I was thankful for the things they did here. I thought Zim was one of the best coaches, if not the best coach that they've had in my lifetime. I thought he was really good. And um, I thought Rick did a great job for a long time. They made us a really proud and good franchise. So even if I think it was the right time to get rid of them, I do appreciate the things that they did. But what I thought was interesting was some of the veteran and important players in this team kind of dancing on Rick uh, on Mike Zimmer's grave. Yeah. What did it, I At mean? Least, I, I guess I didn't hear these quotes, but I've heard that there's not it's not all respect in the locker room right now. Uh, so Kendricks said something along the lines of, "I don't who think is, a fear based organization is the way to go." And mm. who was also like. Uh, a Zimmer pick in year two, I want to say, yeah. or maybe year three. I know they're both UCLA guys. Yeah. Or was it USC? USC? UCLA, UCLA guys. Yeah. Um, him and Barr. And so Kendricks was like, you know, uh, uh, another like Zimmer guy and who's been fantastic. So for him to even say something like that means, uh, yeah, it must've been kind of bad. And then Brian O'Neill, tough season. Brian O'Neill, right tackle. Uh, for the Vikings had a comment of, you know, someone, one of the Wilf brothers said that, uh, you know, we need to have better communication up and down and, and understanding. And uh, a reporter asked, so what does that look like to you? And he said, I don't know, maybe like saying hi in the hallway. Mm. And it's just sort of like indicative of like, well, not only is Zimmer a prick to the press, he's also a prick to his players that he may or may not like, you know, on yeah. any given day. It's just ridiculous. So it sounds like he had worn out his welcome. And, you know, I, I do think that they, they got everything they could out of it, and uh, it's time to move on. And I think that they need to have a new culture. A lot of people want it to be an offensive coach, um, but I think it just has to be the best coach for the job. Um, there were some other coaches who lost their job as well today. The big surprise was Brian Flores out in Miami um, making it. So I think there's just now one um, coach of color in the whole league, just bogus. Um, but Flores is a person who maybe we could look at uh, as an option. I do think he's a good coach. Um, he's a defensive guy, came from Bill Belichick stuff. Uh, he had some trouble with the team and with, with Tua and with the GM and his assistant coaches. So that might turn some teams off, probably the reason that he's out there. Um, but he's one of the names I would definitely look at. A couple other names I personally like, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator from Tampa Bay, and Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator from our rivals, Green Bay. Because if there were some offenses I'd like to bring in, I think it would be like... Obviously, I'd like to have the Packers offense. I'd like to have the Rams offense. I'd love to have the Ravens run first offense with the quarterback running around. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to have the Packers offense and the Packers defense. That would be great. I don't think they're even the Packers. Yeah, I would like to be the Packers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do think that. I I think those are some of the names that interest me. Um, I could be sold on others. I had people asking about Jim Harbaugh if I'd be okay with that. You know, I probably would be. I'd probably be okay with that. Um, I'm just excited for a new start. And I, I actually hope that whoever comes in brings in a new defense. I hope we switch to like a 3-4 defense. And I hope we switch to a different type of offense. And I think just like having a fresh start with your franchise, um, with a great set of fans and a great set of owners um, to, you know, who has some patience and will want to watch that process and watch them build something special. Well, I think it's it's interesting because – 
Um, I've seen multiple people say it, and I've seen multiple social media things say, like, nobody wants to go to Minnesota because of Kirk Cousins and his cap hit. And it's like, well, maybe not, but that's only for a year. I mean, it's like... And they can trade him, and then they don't have a big cap hit. Yeah. Okay, and if if they trade him, even better. And I think, like, as bringing in a new GM and bringing in a new coach... There's got to be some sort of like a mutual understanding of like, okay, we realize you're saddled with this albatross of a contract and a player that's not necessarily going to win you a Super Bowl. So we'll give you kind of a pass on the first season and then we want to see, you know, some additional upward movement. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that would be the case and, and just sort of a, you know, verbal agreement between all parties that this was all stuff from the previous regime and then. I After would this be, year, we'll get out from under it and move on. I would be stunned if Cousins played here for one more year. Stunned. You think that he won't even? He will either play here for three more years or zero. Oh, like I got it. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. fucking chance that he comes back on in the last year of his deal for forty-five million. They're either going to yeah. lower that cap hit and sign him to an extension, or they're going to cut ties and they're going to trade him and get you know. I'm going to like I said this last week. I'm sure Vikings fans are rolling their eyes. But they'll probably get a first-round pick for him if they trade him, a second at the worst. One rumor I heard was Jerry Judy and a second-round pick from the Broncos. I'd be cool, cool. with that. I'd yeah. take Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I would just take. Team. I would just take Jerry Judy and call it a day. But yeah, like the you know they're gonna get something, and then this is where fans are like Kirk Cousins stinks. Who would trade for him? It's just like I don't know, man. Who traded for fucking Carson Wentz? Who got his ass <laughs> yeah. beat in the must-win game against the Jaguars? Who went yeah. for a first-round pick? Who thought we would trade a first-round pick for Sam Bradford? Who thought someone would trade a second-round pick for shitty-ass Sam Darnold? You know, like, quarterbacks are worth more than you think they are, and they go for Or, more. like, you know, Peyton Manning signed with Denver when he was, like, 38 yeah. and could barely throw the ball, and they ended up winning a fucking Super Bowl. So you some never team, know. Some team covets Kirk Cousins. Then they're yeah. like, man, if we just had Kirk Cousins. Like, how about the Steelers? What would the or Steelers Or the, the Browns. The Browns, absolutely. Kevin Stefanski would love Kirk Cousins over Baker Mayfield a hundred times out of a hundred. Like, how could one of those teams not want him? So, to me, that is just silly talk. I think that they can easily trade him if they want to. They don't want to trade him; they'll re-sign him to it. Um, but I think that no new coach and GM is going to want to tie themselves to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I think they think that H- hence, up. hence the extension. But you want to know who would like to tie themselves to Kirk Cousins? A GM and a coach who are in trouble and don't have a quarterback. Who are kind of like their owners having to talk with them today. Like, if you don't go to the playoffs next year, you're fucked. And they're like, God, we have the shittiest quarterback. We have to go get Kirk Cousins, I guess. If we just had Cousins. So someone will talk themselves yeah. into that. I don't think that's an issue. Um, but that will be the next big question. That three of them were kind of a three-headed monster. Everyone felt that those three were kind of tied to each other. Um, they were kind of on, like, contracts that went together. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. guess Kirk is gone. So here's how it's going to go, right? So like these other teams, like the Broncos, they didn't fire their GM. So they're in the coaching hunt already. Yeah. They're literally probably interviewing where I've heard here, we're going to like, first, we're going to try to find a GM. That might take a while. Then we're going to find a coach out of who has ever left, which concerns me a little bit, maybe doesn't concern you. And only then would we sort of find out what we're doing with, with Kirk, right? I'm not too worried about it, to be honest with you. I think that like nailing the GM is going to be really critical for them. Um, and there's a lot of qualified people out there. It's a lot of like people who are like player personnel people and scouts and assistant GMs. And there's some really good ones from all of your favorite teams. All the contenders have guys who are super, you know, 
qualified to go try one of these GM jobs. And so I do think that they should nail that first. It's got to be someone who has a great vision, who has a track record of finding talent and building teams, or at least they believe can do that. And then also can get along with the Wilfs. I mean, I think the Wilfs have been fantastic owners. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we couldn't ask for more. They have paid for everything. They got us a new stadium. They have paid a lot of money for assistant coaches and for facilities. They bought, they, they built TCO. They have done everything they can to build a contender here every year that they've been. So I think someone who, you know, shares their vision and can communicate with them and they believe in comes in. There's going to be plenty of coaches that we can go out and get, find the guy that's right for this team and uh, hit the reset button. Guys like yeah. Anthony Barr know they're gone. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Daniel Hunter. It'll be interesting to see what happens with their big free agent signings from the last few years. Michael Pearson, uh, what's his name? Tomlinson. Can't think of his first name. Dalvin. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these happens with some of these guys. What happens with Adam Thielen? You know, what happens? What happens with, with Harrison Smith? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of decisions that have to be made here, and there's some really awesome pieces. And it's crazy to say this, but the offensive line. I'm really excited about the pieces that they have there for the first time in 12 years. How quickly that switched. Now it's like the defense is a huge problem. So The things I feel the best about are like our, obviously our receivers are mostly Jefferson, our offensive line with O'Neal, Derrissaw, and Cleveland. Um, and, you know, maybe our tight end situation if Irv comes back healthy. I like the offense. I feel good about the offense. Can they find someone who can bring in a new approach? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is exciting. And, like, the reason that the NFL is so great is because you know that your team can turn it around. If you're run by good people, you can be good in a year or two. Like, it doesn't take forever. It's not like the NBA where if you trade your star players and you have the first pick in the draft, you might be in the wilderness for a decade. Well, yeah. look at – I mean, Exhibit A is Tampa. And I'm not going to – I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, we're going to find, you know, Tom Brady in the offseason after we trade Kirk Cousins. But they brought in – you know, they got rid of, I forget who their, their other coach was. Uh, they got rid of Jameis Winston. Uh, they got out from under a bunch of stuff. And they were like, we're going to hire a really good coach. We got a free agent QB. And we're going to make it, you know, the defense was not very good. And we're going to build that up in the draft and sign some free agents. Uh, all of a sudden, they're Super Bowl contenders. And then they win the damn thing. So it's not that hard to, and, and they were in a very similar situation, like offensively, like they had, you know, Godwin and, you know, pre-Antonio Brown, but like they, they had like good receivers, Mike Evans, they have, they have like real, like a really good set of offensive players. They did a little bit of tweaking and they instantly got better and won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Vikings are in that position. I'm saying that from an offensive standpoint, we have very similar weapons to what Tampa had when they hired Bruce Aarons. I wish we could get Bruce Aarons. Guy's a great coach. <laughs> Um, yeah. So guys, the playoff, Eric, yeah, Eric. So let me, you're, you're the, you're the best football mind on the podcast. If you were the Wilfs and you had your GM in place, which coach would you be pushing for the hardest just based on reputation? I know you haven't, you haven't met with them or talked to them or, you know, understood like their vision for the team. But like, if you had your druthers, who would you pick? Um, I think I would pick left, which would probably be my choice. I do think it's important that there are, um, you know, coaches of color. I think that's the right message and the right kind of guy. I want a younger coach, an offensive mind. Um, he's a hot name for all of these different jobs. And, uh, you know, I want to be on the forefront of doing what's right in the NFL. And, you know, I, I just think he's 
he's proven it as an offensive coordinator of a Super Bowl winning team. Um, perfect guy to work with, maybe a new quarterback that we're bringing in. Um, if we had other guys, I'd be really interested in. I know Doug Peterson's name's getting tossed around a bunch. I don't love that. Um, I, I like Nathaniel Hackett as a choice, a young court, a young coach under um, Sean LaFleur in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur. I'm sorry, Matt LaFleur. Um, I think that would be a good hire, uh, but I don't know enough about that guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just hard to, to know exactly what these teams are thinking. There's going to be some candidates that come out of left field that yeah. people have no idea about. <laughs> I know everyone wants Eric Bieniemy to be the guy, but the guy's lost out on like 12 interviews. He must not be a, a head coach. Dude, um, I just – I do have some like faith, right, in the process, in the team, in the organization. Like this is a reason – there's a reason that people – want to come play here and want to coach here and work here. It's a good organization. I think that the pick that they make until they prove otherwise, I'm just excited about that pick. Me too. Me too. I I believe in the Wolves. I really do. And that's crazy because I have had very few ownership groups of teams Mm -hmm. I've supported in my life that I've ever liked. And I think the Wolves are on top of the game. I think they're one of the better ownership groups in the whole league. I think they're really good. And I think they really care. And I think they will get this right. So I believe in it, and I'm just excited for the process. I, I'm hoping for some change, and change is fun, and I'm excited about that. And we're going to wish that we had Kirk Cousins next year when we have, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone like Gardner, that. Gardner Minshew. I think yeah. that the guy that, like, I have a couple of options for you guys, okay? A couple of things I'd like to see. My first option is we bring in an offensive court coach who's maybe like Brian Dable from the Bills had an offense where it's a quarterback who can throw the ball but also can run. We, we trade Kirk for a first. We trade two first-round picks, both our pick and the one we get for Kirk, along with Daniil Hunter for Deshaun Watson, which would be kind of unpopular because he's kind of a, might be a criminal. But he's supremely talented. Yeah. That's one thing I would be excited about. Two, I would be excited if we traded. This is what I probably would do if I was running the team. I would trade Cousins for a 2023 first-round pick. Okay? So one year ahead of time. I would trade my first-round pick this year for a 2023 first. So I'd have three first-round picks in 2023. I would then go out and get, like, Gardner Minshew or some backup quarterback who was going to be, like, fun. Maybe Jameis Winston, who was going to be Case fun. Case Keenum. Love no, him. Like, Jameis would be fun. Jameis. He's just going to huck the ball everywhere. Jefferson's going to have great stats, but we're going to stink. That's what I'm kind of looking for. And then we go into the next It'll year. It'll be, like, three, three touchdowns and two picks every game. It'll be perfect. Every game. And then we go into the next year with three first-round picks, and you have your pick of quarterbacks. You could trade all your firsts to go up to number one and get the top quarterback in the draft. And you're probably pretty bad anyways, you know? And so you mm-hmm. could go find your quarterback in the future in a draft that should be loaded. I don't know, though. You know who was good at trading up? No, he was Rick good at trading back. Back, 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 <laughs> yeah, back, back, back. All day, just right. more picks. Um, and then the <laughs> other one I think I'd be excited about would be um, maybe some kind of thing where you trade, like, a first-round pick and you get – or you trade Cousins for a first, you trade like a second and whatever else, and you bring Jimmy G in for a year. And you let Jimmy G be your quarterback and you build the team. He is in his last year of his deal, and he's cheaper than Cousins by quite a bit. And uh, hopefully with an extra draft pick, you can go add it a couple pieces, and then you can go get your quarterback of the future the next year. What yeah. I don't really want is like Kenny Pickett in this year's draft, but I'll probably eat my words on that. I don't know, guys. Fake, fake, fake slide guy? The NFL, I love, I love because the NFL is like almost every team, unless you're like the Lions or the Jaguars. Apparently the Browns. The Jets. Still can't. The, Jets. Yeah. the Jets, the Giants, like a couple of these teams. Unless yeah. you're them, 
there's hope for everyone every year. And that's what's so no, Eric, I mean, metaphorically, like this podcast feels to me like we are taking the bottom corner of that page and we are turning it over. And now Ooh. we got a whole, we got a blank slate or we got a new chapter to write because the Zimmer era is over. The Spielman era is over. And all that does is bring hope and possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this sport. And I have no problems with firing coaches that didn't get done what they thought they were going to get done and progressively got worse. Same with the GM. Let's get some fresh blood in here. New, you know, new voice in the dugout, if you will. And uh, let's go. It's, it's, it's our time. It, the Vikings are due and we got to, we're going to hit this. I feel like. Ooh. I agree. So let's talk playoffs. Let's talk NFL playoffs. Let's make some picks for week one of the NFL playoffs. All right. Let's go. If you guys are, if you guys listening to us are BS, Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal, guess the lines fans like I am. I love it. I've listened to it for who knows, 17 years or however many years they've been doing it. Do they still do the hit you with the sub? No. If you're the loser? Okay. But but they do the guess the lines every week of the NFL. I've, I've, I don't know if I've missed an episode in 15 years. And they always call the first game the Shakey's Bowl because there's some restaurant called Shakey's that they would go to with their fantasy football league. And it was always the shittiest game. It's the early game on Saturday. So their Shakey's Bowl this year is the Las Vegas Raiders, the five seed, at the four seed Cincinnati Bengals. That game stinks. Real Shakey's. It stinks. It stinks. It's a bad game. I'm going Bengals <laughs> at home. I believe in Joe Burrow. I think Joe, Joe Burrow is the truth. And I'm going with the Bengals. I can't believe I'm the going Bengals. Bengals. The Burrow legend is going to continue. It's going to grow. We're going to see it in action. Well, Burrow. I think I think the legend of Jamar Chase, I think, is going to be uh, end up being bigger than Joe Burrow. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident the Bengals win that game, which means Vegas wins by 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, late Saturday. This is a big game for them. This is the 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 third one. This is the rubber match. Three seed Buffalo hosts six seed New England in a division battle. They've played mm. two super strange games this year. I like Buffalo. I think Mac Jones has hit the rookie wall. I think it's it's up for him. I don't think he's playing well right now. And I think Buffalo at home with their rowdy fans on Saturday night is going to be too much. I think Buffalo wins in an, a hideous football game. Hideous. You think it's is it snowing? I think is the big question. It's Buffalo. It's the playoffs. I think there's like a, a rule that like the game can only be played if it's snowing. Um, so yeah, it will be snowing. I haven't checked, but I know it will. So tuck tuck rule two coming in hot. I like Buffalo here pretty. I like like something like 20, 20 to six. Like just a hideous football. Because That's so gross. Ryan, you're also picking Buffalo. No, I am looking up the weather for Buffalo currently. Oh so my you go. god. All right, I'm going to pretend you did. I'm going to go New England because they won't go away. Even when we thought, hey, they they need to rebuild. They got a freshman QB, you know, they get nothing without Tom Brady. Here they are in the conversation again. I think they're like seventh in the odds to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots because that's just what seems to happen just despite all odds and reason. I don't hate that, and I think I'm going to go with you. Uh the high for Saturday in Buffalo is going to be 13. So probably game time kickoff will be around six degrees. Um, so it's going to be chilly. I think New England is going to be better prepared for this. Buffalo just doesn't seem to have it anymore. I'm a big Buffalo fan. Uh, I'd like them to win. but I think Josh Allen has regressed significantly this season. Um, I'm going New England with Jimbo. 
Josh Allen is way better than uh, Mac Jones. All right, here we go. For sure. Uh, the early game on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are going to be at the Tampa Bay Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champion. That's seven at two. I like Tampa. I don't know if I think Tampa's playing very well, but there's no way in hell Tom Brady's losing to Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. I think the Bucks get this done pretty easily. Sounds right. I'm going with that. Yeah, I I agree. That that's a that's a boring game. All right, this is like straight out of the 1990s. This is like 1995 football. Uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers, the six seed, at the three seed Dallas Cowboys. I think this is my upset. I don't believe in Dak. I don't believe in the Cowboys. I think the Whoa. Niners grind this thing out and they win it like 20 to 17 in overtime. There is not a more fraudulent franchise, in my opinion, than the fucking Dallas Cowboys. Like, talk about playing games with two hands wrapped around your neck the entire time. Um, I love that upset. I feel like San Francisco got a big boost yesterday in their comeback victory to seal the playoffs where uh, who's the, it's not, not Brandon Ayuk. Who's their other receiver? Debo Samuel. Debo Sam, my kingdom for Debo Samuel. (laughs) I would kill to have him on the Vikings. Um, I feel like San Francisco is poised to, beat the Dallas Cowboys 24-21 in a really good game. Didn't they, all like, right. suck all the beginning of the, like, season? I can't believe the 49ers are even in this position. They must yeah, have they turned it around. Yeah, they were all banged up, and they, got, they put it together. They made it in the last day. All right. All right well, I'll go with pe- you guys. They're peaking, they're peaking at the right time. Then, then I'm all about it. I want to. I hate the Cowboys. They just annoy the hell out of me and fuck their owner. Let's go, 49ers. Two all right, uh, Sunday night game, 8-15 or 7-15 Central. Pittsburgh Steelers, the seventh seed at the seed, Kansas. I think the Chiefs beat them like unmerciful, mm. like 35 to 10. Mm. Big okay. Ben's career is over. Pittsburgh's yeah. not any good. What a masterful, masterful performance it's been this year by Mike Tomlin to drag that team to the playoffs. Um, but I like Kansas City pretty big here. Kansas that City, nice to me, I mean. they've won like nine out of ten. Like they're like, yeah. I can't, I can't disagree with that. The, the, the Kansas City stuff this season was like, the Tom Brady stuff with the New England Patriots where everyone by like week three couldn't wait to write them off and be like, has Kansas, has Kansas yeah. City been solved? Is this is the end of Pat the Patrick Mahomes yeah. era in Kansas City up anymore? and coming? Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. And then they're, they ended the season 12 and fucking five. Yeah. Like they're a really good football team. They've won nine out of ten and their only loss was a three-point loss at Cincinnati. And it was just like an epic performance by Burrow in that game. They've won nine Hard out of ten. to pick them. I think they might be the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they're yeah. legitimately the hottest team in the league. So, And then finally, uh, the Monday night. It's a Monday night game this year. Um, we'll probably be recording during this game. It's going to be the Arizona Cardinals, the five seed, versus their division rivals, the four seed Los Angeles Rams. I haven't game. felt great about Arizona in a while. I think the Rams win in a good game here. Mm, I don't know. I think I go the cards on this. I, no reason. Don't need to justify my picks. I see I uh, the the concerns of like Cliff Kingsbury and his like late season melange is real and it showed again this season. I think the Rams are better prepped. Um, I don't think the Cardinals have as many weapons as they'll. And I'm going to go Rams by two touchdowns. All right, I might switch it because Ryan just said melange, and that's like the equivalent of when I say zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, like, yeah. Isn't, yeah. isn't that uh, Beyonce's sister? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, that's talented so in her own right. Yeah. Excuse me, not just. 
All right, uh, guys, next up, we're moving on away from the NFL. We're moving into the NBA, where Jim has uh, got a little basketball boner for his favorite team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've won, like, five in a row or something like that. Oh, yeah. They're now 20-20, and 20, the eighth seed in the West, the uh, epitome of average. But it feels like they're good. <laughs> you know how Doesn't good that feels? Doesn't average feel like they're good? Oh, my God. When the bar is so low. You know, when you were talking about in the NFL, it's like, unless you're, like, you know, Detroit – or the Jets, you got a chance. Well, I'm sorry, but we're the Jets of the fucking, you know, NBA. Um, so being average is fantastic. <sighs> I was hoping that, I was, you know, predicting that we would be about 500 and we'd be right in like this between the seven and the nine seed. We're at the eight seed and we're exactly 500, about exactly halfway through the season. Uh, we're beating bad teams, which is really nice. We're like not having a tough time with them. We're like beating them by 20 and 30 points. I love that. Um, you like to see the starters like sit down on the bench for the last couple minutes. That never happens. So, dude, I'm all in, man. All they got to do is win half the games, and it just makes like Wolves fans really happy, apparently. It's incredible. I just think to have that like, kind of like low expectations just to be freeing. I think like a competitive playoff series would be like so exciting. Yeah. I mean, like, it'd be fun. So, like, you know, if you're the, if you're the eight lot. seed, you play the nine seed. That's cool. Like that's fine. Well, that I would mean, be like the playoff series. Like we're the six and we play the three and we lose in six or seven, years. and it's competitive. Oh, that would like, be that's awesome. That's what I'm just dying for. Like that would be so. Like fun. no, here well, here's the script. Here's the script for that. You ready? We win game one on the road. Okay. Oh, we lose game two on a last second shot. Okay. So, so like we're game in it. Then we win game three at home. I'm and there. You think I'll see it live. This. Jimbo, you want to talk about the Jim Boner for the Jimber Wolves? If we were up 2-2, got... <laughs> if we were tied 2-2 in a playoff series against Who cares? the uh, team. If we the were Memphis playing... Grizzlies, probably most likely. Yeah, so we're up 2 we're tied 2-2 going to Memphis in, in the fifth game. I guarantee you, Jim would break the bank to fucking fly there and be at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even considered that a as a possibility. Around one game, he'd be like, game five, I've got to go. Just yeah. go. <laughs> Dude, like, I'd be like, this is as good as it gets. I did go to as many playoff games as I could last time they were in the playoffs, which was, what, three years ago, um, which was two of them. But, yeah, no, I, you know, I just see the possibility of us making the playoffs is exciting. I think we're only going to go up a little bit. I know we're not going to get to the four seed because that's, like, a huge jump in talent and record. That's fine. But, like, the five seed is on the table. Um, so is missing the playoffs altogether. So we shall see. But, dude, when everybody's healthy, we're fucking good, dude. Our starting lineup is competitive with everybody except for, like, the Jazz and the uh, Warriors in, in the West. So, um, yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the the easy wins lately. All right, are you ready for this? Yeah, the Timberwolves on 538 are c- currently ranked the 13th best team in the league. Okay. They have uh, their record at the end of the year is 42 and 40. Ooh, they're going over 500 now. They have them with a 71% chance of making the playoffs. I believe that. They have them with a 1% chance of making the final. <laughs> and most importantly, they have them with a 0.3% chance to win the title. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. beautiful. So it's not, it's not, it's not zero. Yeah, it's not zero. 
Yeah. Honestly, the playoffs is our ceiling this year, and that's incredible. That's like a good feeling for me. Just so there's get in 11 there, baby. Teams, so just so, so you know, there's 11 teams that have above a 94 or better chance, 94% or better chance on here to make the playoffs, including teams in the West like the Jazz, the Suns, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and mm-hmm. the Mavericks, and the Nuggets. So they have six teams in the West that have a 94 percent or better chance right we are the next team in the next group of teams at 71 percent. sounds so right. think we're going to finish seventh in the west and i think we can we'll, finish above the above the mavericks for sure seventh in the west and we would play the jazz and we'd get interesting fucking killed but dude that's Trumps. why i want to get to like that six seed would be nice can you guys imagine jim's content uh alone in in uh salt lake city looking for a bar <laughs> be like dude <laughs> never mind i was oh god well and they don't I they just, have that I rule that like you can't um like if you order a mixed drink you can't see the bartender make it in utah so like like mm-hmm. they have to like go around like a partition and then make your drink and then they come back out with it completely made yep and you can't have like more than there's like they count the people at the table and then how many drinks you have. And they do a quick some quick math and they go, we cannot serve you until you drink some of these drinks, which encourages people to slam their drink. To just chug. Chug yeah. it. And then they can bring you more. Yep. Interesting. It's crazy. I feel, like right I feel like the reason is because they don't have good bartenders there. And so they're all using the like Keurig drink maker. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Anybody that lives there, I, I, a little sauce. I question the whole situation. But like yeah, anyone- hopefully I get to I would love to go to Memphis. I'd rather they play Memphis. And I, I, I might go there. I don't think I'm going back to Salt Lake. So the best chance for us right now would be playing someone like the Suns, the Jazz, or the Warriors. Which is very, very rough. Like, zero chance. Zero chance we get through that. that if it's a one game, yeah, sweet. But, you know, they play seven for a reason. Uh, so the best team wins. And uh, that ain't going to happen. But, dude, you know, you get the sixth seed, things open up a little bit. You never know. Agreed. All right, guys. Uh, the Wild are kind of back to their winning ways. Not enough for us to talk about, but we'll talk next week about them when they actually get all their players back. They've been playing like a minor league team. Uh, they've won a big game against Boston and then an even bigger game against Washington. Um, but yeah, not exactly. And pretty cool that like those guys came up that you got, you got Boldy and whoever else. Ross One of them got a goal or something. That was kind of cool. It's good stuff. Yeah. Also, fuck the Boston Bruins. Like oh, what a he, bunch of fucking pricks. Yeah. Yeah, the guy for Boston hurt uh, Kaprizov, which sucks. Uh, Nordy winner Kirill Kaprizov, by the way. Oh yeah, and his that that guy for Boston's only job was to like just completely skate as fast as he could at Kaprizov and try and injure. That was his Fun. only only goal for the evening. All right, guys, that's all the time we have this week on the Nordy's podcast. Go back check out our first episode. It was awesome. We played a really fun game, which was a little bit of a throwback. See if you can keep up with us. Um, We talked about some shows that you need to be watching on HBO Max. Uh, But, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Until next week, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast.